0: Thank you.
1: Good morning, everybody. (laughs) So good to see you on this 4th of July weekend. We celebrate freedom, right? The freedom we have in Christ, the freedom we have in this country. Let's all stand and say a little prayer first. Pastor uh, Garen is away this weekend, so we'll pray for him included and pray for Jason as he brings the message. So it's a good day to be in a church, right? This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for a time we can come into the church and just to sing your praises. And you hear our voice and we lift up your name. But dear Lord, you've been lifting us up all the time. And there's nothing that I can do. I owe you everything in my life, dear Lord. You owe me nothing. I surrender all to you. Because you saved me. You healed me. You delivered me from my fears. And dear Lord, you give us freedom in Christ. So... We are celebrating that today, the freedom we have in Christ. And we just pray for our nation as a whole, that we come back to you, that we hear your voice, your still small voice in our lives, dear Lord, and that we walk in obedience. So, dear Lord, show us the way, lead us in your path. You are the God of our salvation, and you we put our trust in hope. Amen. Hey.
2: I was To your glorious day, All right,
1: thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I always thought Christians should have their own anthem song. We have the Fourth live July, the Star Spangled Banner, and stuff like that. But if you would ask me, <laughs> I would say victory in Jesus would be my anthem song. Amen for our church. It's an old song. You guys know it. Let's sing it together from the heart. Just Not just the words, but the text of the words. What we believe Jesus did for us in our hearts. He saved us. He healed us. He delivered us for a reason. Amen? Amen.
2: I heard no old story how a savior came.
3: Amen.
4: I don't want to miss a moment right here. Uh, As you all know, you've been around enough and been enough churches. Churches are always pre planned, right? We've always got a schedule. You know that you're going to stand up, sit down. There's a certain order. You already know what's going to happen, and the order is going to happen before you ever get here. Um, But I'm going to be honest I'm I'm sensing the the Spirit um, tugging at me a little bit. I don't want to miss this moment, so let's let's just bask in the spirit right now, and uh, I want to have a word of prayer with you all. Father, I sense that you are, I know you're always with us, but Lord, I pray that you are here in a special way this morning, that we embrace that, that we don't let the schedule, the show, I hate to call it a show, but so so often, Lord, we make this a show. We don't want that, Lord. We desire you. We desire you to fill us. and We desire you to guide us, Lord. So here, as we have gathered to worship you this morning, Father, I pray that we worship you. And I pray that you move in us. And I know that we have a day of celebration coming up, both here and off campus, that is all focused around you, Lord. So let us... Please stay focused on you, God, as I know that you are here and want to fill us today. we we just we invite you, we desire you, Lord. Amen. Uh, this is a bit off schedule, too, um, Sam. Right? I uh, I was just informed that a, a grandchild of one of your friends is sick. Um, this is not maybe orthodox or normal for some of you. And this might be really, really uncomfortable for you. But could I have you come up here as I want to pray? Um, Those of you who love children, would you come up here too? What is this kid's name? Story. Story. Uh, Story's three, correct? And just diagnosed diagnosed with leukemia. And I know you're going to leave from here to go be with them, right? Father, we lift up. We lift up this child to you, God. We know that you are the creator of life and life eternal, and you have the power to heal. Only you, God. So I pray that you do whatever it is that you do in this child's life, and you guide the doctors, but then you do the things that we just don't understand, that nobody understands, and you bring healing to this child. For many reasons, God, because this child is loved and wanted by a family. But also, Lord, we know that as you did healings in lives, your name was glorified. And the world became more like you wanted it to be when people saw that you have the power to make life whole. You have the power to heal. So, Lord, we, we thank you for Sam and her love for this family, and we pray for that family and that kid that you will do what you do in the, thing, in the ways that we just don't understand, but in the ways that we trust you, God. I thank you for her love of this family. She goes to serve them. And Lord, we know that your power Mm -hmm. is enough. We praise you, God. We Mm -hmm. praise you in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone.
2: Thank
0: you so
4: much. Thank you. Well, this time, uh, where we pass the peace, meaning uh, we just go say hi to each other. So, go find someone new. We do have uh, some newcomers. I'll point them out. We do have the uh, the folks from Pennsylvania. I I got to say I was a bit embarrassed when you show up this morning as we had been trying to figure out how it was that we were supposed to contact you. And uh, there was some communication, but I'm not sure who, who was being communicated with. But we're glad you're here. Uh, welcome. And everybody go make them feel at home. This is your new home, right? Well, welcome. It's a lot warmer here all the time. <laughs> and a uh, Find an old friend, and then uh, we get, we got a lot of good stuff happening. Yes, sir. Kudos to Kimmy for ten
0: years
4: of Wow. So, you're actually new at this. I guess so. So I got I got a quick quick story. That that so I was asked by the uh, denomination to go up to a conference this week and do some teaching, and a lot of that was on sharing your faith. Discipling, using the gifts that God gave you. I didn't realize you were new at this. So, I, and that said, I did, just after high school, I got to go see a band. Many of you will embarrassingly, you'll be familiar. There's a band called Def Leppard. And they, they have a, a, a one arm drummer, and that was amazing. But I got to tell you, someone new, you got to be a little uncomfortable right now. We can't tell because you have done a great. Hey, I want to say thank you for doing the amazing thing of stepping up and doing what you're doing. And the band has just been awesome. And I, I, you know, we need some more solos in church. I like that, Danny. Next time it's gonna be a lot louder too. All right, we'll go find some friends and make them feel welcome. Thanks everybody for coming today. I know that we have a potluck after this, and there will be lots and lots of time to talk. I mean, I, we could, So, I just—that that is our first announcement, as I have announcement time. Ken doesn't care about me, it's okay, man. We do have a potluck immediately after this. And you know what I'm going to say about if you didn't bring anything. Don't worry about it. I saw what was being brought in back there. There's lots of food, and uh, we're going to pick up a couple pizzas after, right after we're done here. So stick around, whether you have food or not, and eat with us. It is a great time to be together. Uh, Nothing better than just sharing a meal, right? And uh, Lisa brought a ton of stuff back there. If if you want, there's just tons of desserts, so don't worry. Uh, Next thing is immediately, well, no, not immediately, sorry, 2 o'clock, right? Right, Danny? Two o'clock. Two o'clock starts the recovery celebration. I've been meeting with a lot of pastors from the area for the last year that I've been here. Uh, been a part of some things. I have not seen God move like I see Him moving in the recovery ministries around here. Yeah. Celebrate recovery. And then there are other uh, sober houses here. You know, there's AA. There's uh, AA, There's NA. There's a lot of different ministries. God is moving in the lives of these people that are part of these ministries like I've never seen. And they have their own... What's that? Oh, I thought I heard something. No, go ahead. I said, so told, he is God, right? is. God is saving souls like I've never seen through these ministries. And they're putting together a massive, massive celebration. It starts at 2 o'clock. It's actually not far from here. Um, you knew folks who want to come over there, mostly because across the street is a place called Neighbor's Ice Cream. You will want to get to know that it is the, yeah. So across the street from Neighbor's Ice Cream, there's a big field. It's actually a church called Christ the King. Uh, They meet, well, they're going to let us use their property. We've got tents being set up as we speak. Actually, we'll take some more tables from here after the potluck over. There's going to be live music, speakers, testimonies, massive giveaways. I know he's giving away a guitar and lots of other stuff. Uh, lots and lots of food if you don't stuff yourself a potluck. And even if you do, it's uh, we're, we're gluttons, right? That's how we do it. Anyway, it'll be a great time. So that's from 2 to 7. It is on Spruce Creek Road. It says uh, 6015 Spruce Creek Road. If you don't know where that is and you come out of the parking lot, go down, take a right to a dead end, take another right, and you'll pass eventually on the left. And if you need more specifics, we'll get you some. But it is a great time. Uh, one other celebration thing we have. Jim and Marilyn. You stand up, please. They celebrated 67 years of marriage yesterday. Congratulations.
0: That is amazing.
4: been there. I don't, know. Man, I don't even know if I'll even live to be 67, let alone have, six. I'd be like 143 if I had 67 years of marriage. So, all right. Well, um, we're going to have our, our offering time now. Um, but I just want to say I am, uh, I'm proud of you all as I see how you give. And I'm not talking about the money stuff. I honestly don't really care about the money stuff. God, God moves in you and takes care of that stuff. But how I see you serve each other, how I see you step up, how you do things that are hard, Kimmy, when you're just learning something, you did great. You all are great at living out offerings. And uh, so let's just ask God for a, a blessing and uh, just, just thank him as we give back to him. Father, we praise you and we thank you. Take it is what we give, whether it's our life, our time, our talents, or our monies. That you take it, you multiply it, and you use, use all those things in such a way that they're multiplied. And that this earth becomes your kingdom. That you reign over this. And all the things that we spend our time complaining about that's going wrong in the world, that those things are won back to you. And that we live in a place that is everything that you hope it would be. We praise you, Father. Amen. Everybody, it's me again. Well, this is our... Uh, it's July 3rd. Correct me, make sure. Yeah. Tomorrow's the 4th. Uh, one of the, the greatest days of celebration in the United States. Uh, I was... like, the, I used to teach high school, and I would mess with the kids. As, as I was a history teacher... I was a coach. You have to be a history teacher if you're a coach, right? Because your brains just don't work as well, so you got to teach... Anyway. <laughs> uh, I would say... Hey, you all, I'd say to the kids in class, do they have the 4th of July in England? And they would say, well, no, because I said, what, it just goes from July 3rd to July 5th? And it would just, it it really got them every time. But anyway, uh, as we celebrate July 4th, I asked my wife if I could wear, uh, so my father-in-law thinks it's funny to buy me just funny things that people don't wear. So I have a really nice American flag t-shirt and pair of shorts that are matching. And I asked her if I could wear it to church today, and she said no. She escaped, because she probably knew I'd, tell, I'd talk about her. So I didn't, but I will, I'll, I'll make sure to bring it out here in the next day or two. But as we celebrate the 4th, um, I know that there are churches. So uh, a relative, well, Mandy's grandfather was a pastor. And I guess for their July 4th celebration... They would have like a giant flag come down and fireworks. I thought it was crazy. I always wondered if they would release a bald eagle in church or something. I didn't want to go that route today, uh, although I am thankful for where we are and for what's going on. Um, And there were some great stories about being free. Uh, I love going over to the Clark's house and hear hearing Jim talk about his dad fighting for freedom and liberating. And there were so many great stories that some of you could tell. But I do have a, a story that I'm going to read. I'm not a story as much as a, an article that was written uh, for July 4th, 1974. That's just a year before I was born. And I'm not going to give away who wrote it, but uh, you all, maybe some of you will appreciate it more after I tell you at the end who wrote it. And some of you will be like, I never heard of that guy in my life. But I want to talk about about freedom, about liberty. So it's uh, Americans, you know the 56 men who signed our Declaration of Independence that first 4th of July. You know they were risking everything, don't you? Because if they won their war with the British, there would be years of hardship and a struggling nation. If they lost, they'd face a hangman's noose. And yet there where it says, we herewith pledge, herewith pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor, they did sign. But did you know that they paid the price? When Carter Braxton of Virginia signed the Declaration of Independence, he was a wealthy planner and trader. But thereafter, he saw his ships swept from the seas, and to pay his debts, he lost his home and all his property, and he died in rags. Thomas Lynch, Jr., who signed the pledge, was a third-generation rice grower and an aristocrat, a large plantation owner, but after he signed, his health failed. With his wife, he set out for France to regain his failing health. Their ship never got to France. He was never heard from again. Thomas McKean of Delaware was so harassed by the enemy that he was forced to move his family five times in five months. He served in Congress without pay, his family in poverty and in hiding. Vandals looted the properties of Ellery and Clymer and Hall and Gwinnett and Walton and Hayward and Rutledge and Middleton, and Thomas Nelson Jr. of Virginia raised $2 million on his own signature to provision our allies, the French fleet. After the war, personally, he paid back the loans, wiped out his entire estate. He was never reimbursed by his government. And in the final battle for Yorktown, he, Nelson, urged General Washington to fire on his, Nelson's own home, then occupied by Cornwallis. And he died bankrupt. Thomas Nelson Jr. had pledged his life, his fortune, and his sacred honor. The Hessians seized the home of Francis Hopkinson of New Jersey. Francis Lewis had his home and everything destroyed, his wife imprisoned. She died within a few months. Richard Stockton, who signed the Declaration of Independence, pledging his life and his fortune, was captured and mistreated, and his health broken to the extent that he died at 51. And his estate was pillaged. This is, this is really uplifting, right? Thomas Hayward, Jr. was captured when Charleston fell. John Hart was driven from his wife's bedside while she was dying. Their 13 children fled in all directions for their lives. His fields and Grismo were laid waste. For more than a year, he lived in forests and caves and returned home after the war to find his wife dead, his children gone, his property gone. He died a few weeks later of exhaustion and a broken heart. Don't worry, I'm, I'm going to finish up. Can't take too much of this. Lewis Morris had his land destroyed. His family scattered. Philip Livingston died within a few months of hardships of the war. John Hancock. History remembers best due to his quirk of fate, that great sweeping signature attesting to his vanity. Towers over the others. One of the wealthiest men in New England. He stood outside Boston one terrible night of the war and said, burn Boston, though it makes John Hancock a beggar if the public good requires it. He too lived up to that pledge. Of the 56 signers of the Declaration, few were long to survive. Five were captured by the British and tortured before they died. Twelve had their homes from Rhode Island to Charleston, sacked and looted, occupied by the enemy, or burned. Two of them lost their sons in the army. One had two sons captured. Nine of the 56 died in the war from its hardships or from its more merciful bullets. I don't know what impression you'd had had on these men who'd met in that hot summer in Philadelphia, but I think it's important that this July 4th that we remember this about them. They were not poor men. They were not wild-eyed pirates. These were men of means. These were rich men. Most of them who enjoyed much ease and luxury in personal living. Not hungry men, but prosperous men. Wealthy landowners, substantially secure in their prosperity. But they considered liberty. This is as much as I shall say of it. They had learned that liberty is so much more Important than security, that they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. And they fulfilled their pledge. They paid the price, and freedom was born. You want to guess who this was? Paul Harvey. I, can't, I don't remember how I used to say it, but you all love the Paul Harvey stories, right? Maybe you used to listen to him. Freedom is a magnificent, a glorious thing. Some of you really know it's not bought easily, is it? But there is a freedom that some of us have learned about that supersedes everything that we ever imagined. These men who signed that declaration knew that there was a freedom that was to be won that they never really experienced themselves in terms of uh, a nice laid-back lifestyle because they knew that true freedom had nothing to do with that. I've been to, to Rome Quite a few times, and I always I try to see historic Christian places whenever I'm there. And one place I went to, and I think I've mentioned this recently, was the supposed cell of Paul. Saul who became Paul. Saul who knew the law and tortured people because of that law, who was set free from the law by Jesus. And as he had all these things happen, as he was in prison, did he ever long, do you ever remember hearing him long to be free from that cell? That's not the kind of thing that he longed for because Paul had a freedom that superseded physical imprisonment. While they may have confined him, he was set free. And he knew that freedom had... Very little to do with your physical movements. With your ability to travel. With your comfort. True freedom supersedes all of that stuff. As I've said, uh, I've been getting to know the people at Celebrate Recovery and several of them around here. Many of you have known drug addicts, alcoholics, Seen them. People with other addictions. Addictions to work. Does that that even sound like a possibility in our culture? Addictions to pornography. Addictions to stuff like Golden Corral. To see people set free from the things that imprison them is maybe the greatest thing that we can witness. You go to a Celebrate Recovery meeting, it is unlike most any church service you'll ever go to. Because it, the, the interesting thing is you find those who were not free, who were imprisoned by something. But here's the thing. Jesus is the only true way to Freedom. When you see someone who knows that they were lost and had been found, who knows that they were a captive, that they were enslaved, but had been set free, you witness something that supersedes anything that we could ever seek in this world. I want to read a few verses of Scripture today. 2 Corinthians 3.17 Now the Lord is the Spirit... And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. This is why I want to invite the Spirit to be with us here today. For us to not just have the Spirit here, but for us to embrace the Spirit. Where the Spirit is, and as the Spirit is in us, there is freedom. Freedom unlike anything this world has to offer. Freedom that supersedes the sacrifices of those great men who signed that Declaration of Independence. As our Chinese brothers and sisters have worshipped today in church, in hiding, in, in seclusion, in fear of what might happen to them if they are found out as they praise Jesus, there is still a freedom. A freedom that supersedes any sort of governmental freedom. Have you looked at what happens to us as we are free to worship on Sundays? Have you seen what... Can anybody tell me, have you observed what is happening to Christianity in our very, very free nation? Is it on the rise because we're free? It is definitely on the quick decline. Freedom under the law is not the kind of freedom that Jesus has to offer us. In John 8.36, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Psalm 118.5 In my anguish I cried to the Lord and He answered by setting me free. This is the moment that gets most of us. In the hardest times, in the most oppressed times, in the darkest times, when things are at their worst, that's finally when we say, finally. Finally. Jesus, I need you. Now, I wish I was a lot smarter in life. If I were smart, I'd remember to learn from the good times, right? I'd remember to to cry out to Jesus in the easy times. (laughs) But it often takes moments of crisis for us to get there and say, God, I need you to give me freedom. It is in the hardest times. He's there all along, but we often forget until we are under some sort of oppression Jesus, as it says here, in my anguish I cried out to the Lord, and He answered by setting me free. There is freedom in Jesus unlike any freedom you could ever know. In Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. How many of you grew up around farms? Anybody? We got some K- the Kansans, all right? Yeah, the Indiana. We got some hard workers in Pennsylvania. I know that too. More than just chocolate there, right? A yoke. Imagine the just imagine the old days. A yoke, oxen, cattle, with that big thing on its on its shoulders around his neck, and as it as it pulls that plow to turn out the dirt. Uh, one uh, thing I love. It's hard to see, but I love it also when I go to Haiti. Is sometimes in the rice fields. I will still see, some oxen, with like a handmade yoke, pulling a handmade plow. To turn up those fields, it is. I feel like I have been transplanted, back to Bible times. It is not easy to see that thing struggle and pull it. But here. Christ has set us free. If you have asked Jesus to come in and rule your life, he has set you free and you have to embrace that freedom. Do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke, that big oppressive device where you are pulling that stuff with you. Do not be oppressed, burdened by that yoke of slavery. When something rules your life that is not Jesus, you are enslaved to it. We've all been there in one some form or another. And even when you have been set free by Jesus, this speaks very clearly to it. Do not do not let yourself be burdened again. We often slip back into that. I received a few texts this morning as we're preparing for this recovery celebration for today. There have been a couple of folks that are part of our group that have been uh, MIA. Don't know where they've gone. Don't know where they've been. Two of them wrote in our group chat this morning, sorry, I've slipped and fallen. What they've said is, that yoke of slavery, I've allowed to be pla- placed back around my neck again. And they're crying out to to us, but also to Jesus. And they know that we are wanting to follow Jesus and then support them to help remove that yoke But Jesus sets you free. And as you become enslaved again, Jesus is there to set you free yet again. Romans 6.22 But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. Let me read that first part again. That that, that might kind of strike you a little strange. You've been set free from sin... Set free from sin, which is a heavy, heavy burden. It is a yoke. It is slavery. But this says, become slaves to God. What tough language. Wait, I'm being set free from slavery? So that I can become a slave? I think that that languages used to really strike in us that relationship to God. Now there are many who in our Christian upbringing have felt like Christianity, the church, Jesus is a horrible slave master. How many of you felt under the burden of the law as you grew up in the church? I know I did. The rules. Follow the rules and you'll be set free, right? But what did Jesus come to do to the law? He came to abolish the law so you might be free. And as you live in Him, as you become a slave to Him, it doesn't make sense. Our language is pretty inadequate. But absolute commitment Like these guys who signed a declaration to their new nation of independence. As you lay everything at the feet of Jesus and say, this is yours, I am yours, I will follow you anywhere. Basically a slave to him. In some weird way that we just can't find the words for, we have the ultimate freedom. There is nothing as freeing as becoming a slave to Jesus. Let that sink in and hopefully you can explain it to me where I can understand it better. Galatians 5.13 You, my brothers, were called to be free. Brothers and sisters, you were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature, but rather serve one another in love. So as you say, I am free, God has forgiven me. Uh, You remember Paul saying, I'm not free and forgiven so that I can just keep sinning and then being forgiven again and again. That's still slavery. You're not set free. Think about it. All things that God has created are good. Even the things that we consider bad. But we can use all things, even the good things, for things that enslave us. They all can be misappropriated, misused, used in a way that is not good for us. So don't use your freedom to do whatever you want because you're free, because then you become enslaved again. Rather, serve one another in love. This is the answer and i think i spoke about this last week the answer to what do i do now that i've been set free as I, as i talked about i grew up met jesus he set me free and then i was just free and roaming like what is my purpose i know it's not sin but what is my purpose Our purpose, in a very, very nonsensical way, doesn't make sense again in human terms, our purpose is to love and serve one another. You're like, man, that's slavery again. I've been set free so that I can serve? Well, here's the thing. I can't explain it to you in a way that makes sense. But I promise you this. If you don't trust me, try it. There's a lot of food that I, uh, that I've, I've sampled from around the world. And when I find some, I bring it home. I'm like, Hey kids, I love this stuff. I used to eat it all the time. Try it. And they look at it and they're like, No way. That looks weird, dad. And I don't even know what those symbols are. Those are some other letters from some other language. I'm like, I promise you, you will try it and like, or <laughs> I probably do say that you will try it. You will like it if you try it. How many of you have been surprised by things that you didn't think would be good for you? I have been really surprised by things I didn't like. I didn't think I'd like. If you think that being set free so that you can serve one another is an unbearable burden, I want to say to you, just like Mikey in that life cereal, try it. It will change you. If you don't know what's next, if you don't know what to do, if you don't know what God is asking you to do, try serving someone that you would never serve. Try sacrificing for someone that you have usually believed they should be serving me. It is the most freeing thing possible. And you will start to say, This is why I was created. Why didn't anyone ever tell me or show me this before? It goes beyond coming here on Sunday to be filled. If you want to be filled, you've got to empty yourself by giving it away. Got one last thing to read before we get to the weird stuff, all right? No one laughed. That's bad, because that means you're used to it. Alright. Well, Luke 4.18. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed. These uh, Much of this week I was in uh, Nashville at Trevecca Nazarene University, and I got a chance to, to share in some workshops about what, what it means to be a bearer of good news and what it looks like. And as I shared last week, it looks like whatever it is that God's calling you to. I can't tell you how God wants to use you to serve others, but I just know this. He wants to use you to serve others. We are all called to make disciples, whether you are an introvert, extrovert, you think you have lots of talents, you think you have no talents. The best thing that you can do after giving your life to Jesus is by serving others. Serving them in such a way that they will be like, I need what they have. But there's an issue. Some of us have things that we still have enslaving us. There are worries that we have. There are the worries that you think about first thing in the morning. The things that burden you late at night. Do any of you still wake up at 2, 3 in the morning and have something just wrecking your brain? But God, I haven't been set free from this. God is telling us, I came for freedom. I came to set you free. So I want to do something this morning. I was hoping the kids would still be around. they help me out. Hey, I got kids right there. Hey, kids, come up here. This is the best day of my life. Yes. Come, children. All right. You pass papers out to this side, and you pass papers out to that side. Which one of you is preaching next week? <laughs> I guess I could work. Grab a, grab a pen. Grab a pen. I'll, just, I'll pass it around. Just grab one. I have no clue if these work. I scrounged around the church for these this morning. There you go. Teacher, you know how to write. Here you are, sir. There you go. I'll just give you all of them. You can pass them down. Thank, thank, you.
0: thank
4: you. you. got one. Good job, Janice. Raise your hand if you need a pen. Still, I got some. There you go. Take one and pass it down. Got one, Danny? Thank you. Nope. You guys good? You kids need one back here? Anybody need a pen? Or a paper? Or a snack? You got more paper for anybody? Are we out? Oh you're out of paper? Oh man. Am I out of papers? Boys, any leftover? Here's a leftover. Sorry about that. I was expecting about seven people here this morning, I guess. <laughs> now I want you to do something that you may not want to do here. Feel free to hide from your neighbor what you're writing. But I want you to write down in very simple terms what is that yoke around your neck? What is that burden on you? What is that thing that has you enslaved? Or things. Maybe write a name. If they're sitting next to you, use a code name. But in all seriousness, Here's one thing I will say. No one's going to see any of this, okay? No one will ever see what you write down. This is between you and God. If you want to share it with someone, that's great. But I want you to take and I want you to write down what is it that burdens you that you need freedom set free from today. That you can say, Jesus, take this from my life. Let's work through this, Jesus. I want you to take it and I want you to remove this and destroy this forever. So go ahead and write down one, two, ten. I don't know how many things you got. And when you do, just crumple it up. I'm going to come by and get it. I'm not going to read it. Don't worry. If you want to pass down your watered up papers, that's fine too. Water it up, Janice. You got anything yeah, in? All right. When you're ready, raise your hand. Shootsy scores. Watt it up. I don't want to see it. This is a great giveaway at the end, Drew. All right.
0: Oh, 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 oh.
4: Sorry, I pushed you down, Janice. All right, anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Hand up. All right, back here. Okay, thanks. All right, last call. Last call for burdens. You all might want to cut the live stream now. my wife this morning, she's like, what are you doing with that lighter? I didn't want to tell her. I want you to know that everything that's in here, Jesus wants to set you free from it. Jesus wants to eliminate everything that has ever burdened you and separated you from His love. I probably won't do the whole thing just because, well, I don't know how good the smoke alarms are in here. Everything that you put on that paper, Jesus has seen it. He knows it. There is nothing that he cannot take care of. Nothing that he can eliminate. There is nothing that he can't reduce to ashes. I want you to believe wholeheartedly that everything that you presented to him today that he cares about that and is eliminating that. And you don't have to worry about it even though you might see remnants of it. You might see the ashes. Jesus wants to set you free. As we celebrate freedom, let's let's be thankful for what we've got here. This is a great country. But know that there is a freedom that lives eternally. And you have been set free by the One who completely, completely knows You inside and out. Stand with me as we pray together. Father, we praise You. Oh God, we need You. We need You so much. We need You to take our yoke, to take our burdens to show us what it really means to live in freedom. That we have a liberty accessible to us unlike any other. So I, Lord, all these things that were written down today, all the things in our hearts that we didn't write down, Lord, we ask to be set free from these burdens. That we may truly come before you and know that we are loved and that you have made us blameless. All the things that have been in our lives before that we know separated us from you, Lord, that you set us free from those things as we seek you. Lord, might we go from this moment on and live in a celebration as we never have before with each other and then with the world outside of here as we know that you, God, the creator of all things, you love each one of us individually as your own child and that there is forgiveness from you unlike any other. We praise you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Danny, would you come lead us so that I don't have to put another burden on us by leading? of you come and celebrate communion with us today. As we break bread together around these tables. As we share the well, probably some coke and other stuff. I'm not sure what is here. But anyway, please stick around and let's just celebrate freedom together today. Thank you everybody.